You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, once again to the Oz Network as we move on with our coverage of Third Watch, still deep into the fourth season. We're up to the third last episode of the fourth season. It's called In Confidence. It first aired on the 14th of April, 2003, written by Janine Sherman Barrios, directed by Nelson McCormick, and uh, an interesting one as we sort of continue this um, this journey towards the end and towards a pretty epic season finale. My name is Ben, and can you unzip me? <laughs> no, I think that's Mallory's job. My name's Darvell, and didn't somebody already write Dumb and Dumber? No. Um, yes, I guess. I mean, it had to be written to be filmed, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, a standard episode here. I think kind of we've just got a lot of setup moving forward. I mean, it's not the, the greatest episode. It's not the worst episode. Uh, I think we kind of have an average episode here, Darvell. I would, I would say it is, I would say it is pretty average. I mean, you said last week, I think that it could be argued that this, that these next four episodes, you know, 19, 20, 21, and 22, are all, it's like a four-part season finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, you could argue that with a lot of the setup towards a lot of these season finales, particularly for season four, five, and six. Um, but I think more so, the, uh, the reason I say it with season four is just, I think there's more setup for season five and season six, which is more of a gradual build, where it's kind of, we sort of get last call, and then all of a sudden we just get boom four episodes, which sort of close this out. And yeah, you'd argue you've had a little bit of setup with Cruz and Yokus and Bosco and everything, but um, the main stuff around Aaron and everything that uh, kind of we got last week, and then moving into this week, next week, and the following week. So um, that's where I think kind of it uh, <coughs> it goes through. But speaking of Aaron, we'll start off this straight away because we have. Kim and Aaron, or Noble, whatever you want to call him, they're out and about, they're dancing, um, they're dancing and fucking. That's a good way to spend the night, I guess. Um, yeah. So they're, I mean, fucking uh, is, ba- hey, it's a horizontal dance. Well, so true, true. Go. Nice, nice little uh, montage here, I guess. Uh, Kim looking amazing, Aaron looking amazing. Let's keep it equal here on the Oz Network. And um, clearly, Kim had a lot of fun because. The next morning, Aaron's sneaking out. They've gone to... I don't understand why he's gone to her house when didn't she meet him in the lobby of the hotel? Um, I think that's what happened last episode. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Which then makes no sense, was it? Is it next episode when he gives her the address of his hotel and she acts like she's never been there before? So unless he changes hotels a lot, I don't know. Um, I like probably does. I like how he calls her Kimberly. Um, so that's kind of nice. He then asks and, her, and then her response, and then her, and then her response. I'm an adult, Aaron. Yeah, and then he invites her to an award show, to which she kind of has a bit of a vision where she drops everything and runs up to him, and goes yes, 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 yes. But then all of a sudden she's just like, yeah, sure, I'll see if I can make it. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of one of these weird moments which Third Watch doesn't really go into too much with their little weird fantasy sequences, but it's just a, it's like a two-second blink-and-you-miss-it moment, which I think actually kind of works. It's kind of funny. 
Um, <laughs> then, so we're setting it up. Kim's going to an award show with Aaron. Nothing could possibly go wrong to stop that from happening tonight, could it, Darvel? No, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing, nothing at, all. at all. Nothing at all. Um, we're at the precinct now. Jokus is speaking to Swirsky about a change, wants uh, a different partner, uh, and Lou's kind of a little bit sceptical of everything, but uh, Jokus is essentially just not not listening to what he's saying and he's wanting a change. Bosco and Cruz are rushing out to chase after someone and Swirsky checks with Bosco if he's okay with it and she he says, yep, he's okay with it. Um, Bosco and Cruz, meanwhile, are out and about and talking about the Jokus and Bosco splitting up. Cruz is just joking and saying that she's his girlfriend. They see Dade making a drug deal. He spins his hat around to show that he's got the deal. So Cruz and Bosco, who are waiting for this to happen, pull up the perp. And who is the perp? <gasps> it's Aaron Noble. <gasps> twist. Uh, so. And we get the credits uh, straight away. So, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of, you know, Kim can't really be happy, can she? I mean, it's great that Kim's got a plotline, but there had to be a twist to all this, didn't there? Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, she still do- she doesn't know about it. She still thinks that she's going to the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sadly, that will not necessarily... I love how giddy she is in this episode over that. I will say that right now. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of going back to, um, you know, the fact that it's so great to have Kim having a storyline. I mean, God, it's only taken to episode 19, really. Uh, you know, she had a bit here and there kind of with some moments throughout this season sort of with Carlos. But, yeah, it's it's good that she's got something. Even, like, long term, this doesn't really amount to anything. But I, I kind of like the fact that they tie in this character who is, you know, an integral part to how this season ends with another character. Because they could have easily just not had him involved with Kim. I mean, you don't need to. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you think it works or not. I do like the... I do like the Aaron Noble character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you like the way they sort of interact him with Kim? Oh, yeah. Yes, very... We said this last week, very, very good chemistry between the two. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Berenger, well, I mean, he's a great actor, so, you know, and so is Kim mm-hmm. Raver. So it kind of, it bounces off each other uh, quite... Very well. Yeah. B- bounces, is that the correct terminology? Bounces off, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I'm just making sure yep, that I'm making sense across the, across the Pacific Ocean there. <laughs> um, so Cruz and Bosco are grilling Noble. He claims it's research for a book. Uh, and then he seems to know, um, everything about police searches as Cruz and Bosco are searching and he's saying you can only search where you can see. Um, so they basically take him in. Um, and we then have, is this Kim and Carlos now? Um, where they're, (laughs) Kim's essentially talking about going out tonight and getting a, um, getting a babysitter. Finally, we, we hear about a babysitter going on there. Um, and Carlos. So yeah, she remembers that she has a son. Yeah. Parents are to the writers. Um, so Carlos doesn't want her to end early because this is the very first ever mention of somebody who may or may not become prominent in the future of this show to when he says, I hate working with Levine. She's always talking about her dead husband. Now, <laughs> I always forget that she randomly gets mentioned. <laughs> Like, actually, there's two things in this episode that I forget, because there are, there's one mention of a character and one appearance of a character who are going to become prominent people moving forward in this show. But I completely forget that Levine gets mentioned, 
uh, even before she appears. And we've we've talked a little bit about this in the past, and we'll talk about it more in the future when she eventually appears. The fact that she's never credited as a major character of this show, which I would argue she is a major character of this show. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of. Uh, do you even remember that there's always this subtle mention of Levine? Well, actually, actually, no, I didn't remember that until I watched the episode, and then I was like, "Well, wait a minute, where is she? Why, why isn't she? Why hasn't she appeared yet?" And uh, it, it's one of those things you really have to be paying attention, otherwise you miss it. Yeah, and I think, I think, yeah, it definitely is a moment for people who have watched this show for a long time and know it, where they will hear that subtle reference because I don't believe that we see her um i don't think we see her until until part two of family ties in season five yeah i yeah we might see her earlier than that i don't know i don't i think the first the first episode we see her is lockdown according to imdb i was going to say act brave but that's when of course avon jung was playing a completely different character um but yeah so we don't see her till lockdown which is the third episode of next season um, oh, okay. which again is interesting because I will say now, but when we get to Sasha in this episode, I, I also forget that we see her in this episode. So, um, yeah, it was the next episode. Where, am I jumping ahead? That's the next episode, isn't it? Oh, Sasha? Yeah. Yeah, we see Sasha next episode. Oh, next episode. Look at this. I'm, I'm getting confused here as it is, but I, I, <clears throat> just, I mean, on that, I guess I forget we see Monroe in season four. I always assume she's just a season five character. So, um, well, that's when she starts really developing as yeah, a character. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I just kind of just as a random little appearance. But I mean, I guess, uh, at the end of the day, we've got to set these characters moving forward. I mean, what we had Cruz in episode three of this season, episode two this season, wasn't it? Yep. Um, yeah, episode two. Yeah, so I mean, kind of these people who appear randomly, then you don't even remember at what point they appear. So anyway, just, just for people at home who have no idea what we're talking about, maybe you're watching the show with us for the first time and you're going, who the fuck's Levine? Just remember that name because you will be remembering that name as we get closer and closer to the end of this show. Um, Cruz and Bosco, meanwhile, um, are talking through uh, Aaron. Uh, Aaron's complaining. Uh, we learn about uh, this book called Blue Line Fever that he wrote, uh, as Swirsky calls him out for it. Uh, we learned a little bit about that last week, of course, with Sully calling him out for it, but um, we're going to learn a little bit more about that this week. And yay, guess what's happening next right now, Darvel? It's Emily time. And guess who Emily's with? All right. Eric. Yay. Oh. God damn it. The, du- the douche, the douche nozzle of the season. Douche nozzle of the show is history, maybe. Um, for some reason, Emily is just so dumb that she's decided to hang out with him. And like, okay, if she's gonna go behind her mother's back to hang out with him, do we really think sitting on the stoop of your apartment is clever? Because, like, I guess she has this argument uh, going no. on in this episode about what her mother did and didn't say, but this just makes me dislike Emily even more, that she is legitimately this dumb to assume that her mother, who has put her through therapy, who has yelled at her, who has, like, gone through all of these things, 
to go against her that she can be so dumb and naive to assume that her mother would let her see this person in any aspect. Now, I'm sure you've had people in your life that your parents haven't been exactly that keen for you to hang out with. I know I had. And I went out of my way to make sure that my parents never knew that I hang out with them, not sit on the doorstep of my house knowing that my mother or father could return home at any point in time. So he's (laughs) dumb old little Emily hanging out with douche nozzle of the year. Yoko's rightfully reacts to this um, and yells at Emily. And then we kind of get this big fight between them in the house and where Yokus is threatening to send her off to her grandparents and saying, don't test me. And little old snot-faced Emily tries to be all snotty-nosed-faced Emily. Um, now, you said to me off-air that you're kind of on Emily's side on this episode, David. Please, do, do, pray but tell. Not, pray not, tell. Not with, <laughs> not, with the, not with this particular scene. I was referring to a scene later in this episode oh. or maybe or maybe it was the next episode right um, where um where oh gosh now i have to th- now i have to think about what it is, about what that scene is we'll get to it we'll get to it don't worry um yeah. but anyway but yeah. i'm not on her side with this uh she can just with this part go eat a douche nozzle and choke on it i don't know um <laughs> Then Cruz and Bosco are well, still going. Well, I mean, it's strongly implied that she's doing just that. Well, well, we'll get to that. Um, we get Bosco and Cruz grilling Noble. Um, Cruz is trying to pull him up for the fact that he was dealing near a school. He's got a bunch of notebooks, which are his and are important. Cruz throws him in the bin and pours coffee on them. Notice how that um, never comes up later on. We never see coffee stains on these notebooks. Um, Aaron then... Uh, asks for a deal, says he knows where half the dope is in Harlem, where it's being dealed. He knows somebody called Pookie. Of course there's somebody called Pookie. Um, and then he writes down the address for Cruz. That's not a drug name. We, we write, he writes down an address for Cruz and Bosco to find it in term to get, uh, his notebooks back. And I love the way Cruz is kind of like, finally he writes something that Mama likes. Um, so it's kind of this back and forth, isn't it, between Noble and Cruz and everything where they, he's going to be sending him off on little runs over the course of the next few weeks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we got Emily and Yokus now in therapy. Um, and this is where it just kind of even gets more annoying. This is, uh, what, Sasha, whatever her name is. So Sa- Sasha, yes. So okay. we have yep. Emily Sasha. trying to excuse the fact that she's seen the douche nozzle by saying that my mum said he couldn't come in the house. She didn't say that I couldn't see him. To which uh, Sasha's all like, "Oh, there seems <laughs> to be a breakdown in communications." And to which Yoko's rightfully reacts. Oh no, 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 very no! It's angrily. not Sasha. It's Sandra. So, uh, it's one Sandra. It begins sorry. with an S. Um, so which Yokus rightfully, you know, yells down on this because, again, dumb old Emily just trying to blur the lines between what is said and what isn't. Yokus goes off on a massive tangent, um, you know, saying why she can't because she's going to end up as a drug dealer and everything along those lines. Um, great acting here by Molly Price just going off. I, I wonder if this is like legitimately Molly Price bringing in experience from being a mother. I, I don't know. I don't know if she had teenage teenagers not at, this, at this point. Not at this point. Not at this point. No. I I don't think she had her first child until um, 
at some point during season five. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, cause that's where we'll get to next season. Why she's missing a lot of next season is cause she was pregnant. So, um, yeah, but I mean, look, this was, Spoiler alert. this was now, uh, 15 years ago at the time of recording this at least. So she's just about to have a yeah. teen. Well, she's got a teenager. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. So, um, Molly Price. It's a boy, I think. I hope that, uh, you're not having the same troubles as you did with Emily in this show. Um, Sandra wants to speak to her separately. She mentions that she's having a bad time, that her partner on the outs. And um, Sandra mentions that she should stop being a cop and start being a parent. Easier said than done, I guess. Um, so, yeah. And so- I think, she, I think she, she, she does, ha- she kind of does have a point, though. Yeah, I mean, look, she does. She's a therapist. That's her job. Um, but, like, I guess she's got to try and remain neutral. And I guess at the end of the day, she's more Emily's... Uh, counselor than she is Yokus's, but it's <laughs> like, come on, Emily's just being a little snotlose, selfish, smart ass here. Exactly what Jokus calls her out as a smart ass. Um, so I don't know, like, what logical universe does she assume that the guy who put her in a coma, um, is going to be allowed to see her still? Teenage stupidity. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I guess, at the end of the day, it's written very well. Bonnie Dennison is acting very well as his character, as I will always reiterate. I don't hate Bonnie Dennison. This character of Emily is just annoying as hell. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it's portrayed well enough that we dislike this character because Bonnie Dennison and the writers are doing a very good job. So, there you go. Props to that. Um, yeah. So, Carlos is now with Kim. They're in a dress shop. Uh, this is where Carlos was going off earlier before I should have mentioned <laughs> that they're not allowed to go shopping uh, on their time. Carlos, of course, back on the job for the very first time after initially being suspended and fired, and uh, he's being very cautious, I guess you could say. Um, and I do like the shop assistant who's kind of saying that Kim's his girlfriend. And you can definitely tell Carlos is acting a lot, of li- a little bit differently when it comes to this sort of thing because, you know, usually he'd probably be all flirtatious and kind of acting out a little bit with Kim here. But uh, he's kind of the complete opposite. Um, Kim wants him to unzip her and he's not being a bit weird about it. Um, and he doesn't even want to comment the fact that Kim looks good. And can I just say, Kim looks good in that dress. Um, so oh, I believe it. She uh, essentially wants to come back and pick it up later. She's getting all excited and preparing everything for the awards night. Meanwhile, back at the therapy place, uh, Sandra wants to see Yokus alone. We find out that Emily has soccer. Good for them. Um, and then Emily has maybe one of the most snot-nosed little shit comments the way she's like, Eric says couples need to talk through their problems. Um, and the way Yokus well- is just like... Is that what Eric well, says? Well, as much of a douche nozzle as he, as much of a douche nozzle as he is. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> he though, got he got one thing right. But we've just spent, <laughs> a, a, you know, an hour's therapy session about Yokus's feelings towards this kid who helped get her in a coma, and she's still going to drop his name and like make it out like she cares. So I just love Yokus's reaction the way she's just like, "Oh, is that what Eric says?" Um, so. Yeah, I'm. I'm so hashtag. Well, that, ba- that basically comes. That basically comes off as oh, coming from anyone else, I might. Okay, yeah, it's understandable. Coming from anyone else, I might might take that seriously. Yeah, <laughs> um, but still, like, come on, this is just it's just ridiculous. Um, so Cruz and Bosco go on a raid. They walk in and try to uh, find Pookie. One of my favourite lines ever in Third Watch when Cruz, in her serious, angry police voice, is like, "Who the hell is Pookie?" 
<laughs> and they question a the guy. They find out that Pookie moved out three months ago, and then Cruz obviously is getting angry when uh, he realizes that they've been played. Meanwhile, um, Kim and Carlos are talking. Carlos still not wanting to work with that freak Levine. Can we just remember that line that he says there? Um, <laughs> interesting. Um, then I do like the fact that we've got this old man perv in the back who is essentially saying his heart's broken because Kim's going out and uh, he's taking 75 <laughs> mils of Viagra if you want to come over. Um, I mean, wow. hashtag me too much. <laughs> Today, yes. Yeah. Back then, back then, okay, pervy no matter what, but back then, we back then it would have been largely overlooked. Yeah, which, I mean, kind of Kim just brushes it aside here. Um, so, I mean, again, differences in times, but I mean, it's kind of... It's, mm-hmm. But the, the one thing, though, I have to say is when Kim turns around and says, it's kind of serious about her time with Noble. She spent one night with the guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even that desperate when I was single. Well, uh, <laughs> You got something you want to say, Ben? Nothing, nothing at all. But I do also like the way Carlos, you know, turns around and says, like, oh, he's about your age. Maybe you've got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. It just... Man, now I'm curious. Just how hard will 75 milligrams of Viagra make you? <laughs> well, there's an experiment in there somewhere, Darvell, which I'm sure you can do in between recordings if you want to uh, report back. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> well, your I, call. Well, I don't have... <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't have any, and I'm pretty sure I don't need any. So, <laughs> you do know how they discovered Viagra, right? Uh, no, it, I, I never knew how they discovered that. It essentially, they were experimenting on uh, heart medication to try and find uh, sort. Of, I don't know about a cure, but you know, some sort of drug to essentially help with heart disease and you know, help with the heart. And they found that the side effects uh, in men caused them to have erections. So they researched that a little bit more, and then that's how they discovered Viagra. So that's why they say that you can't take too much Viagra because you can have a heart attack. So, um, yeah, there you go. That's how they the accidental discovery of Viagra. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I would imagine you probably couldn't take 75 milligrams of it. Uh, look, I I couldn't tell you what is the exact dosage of Viagra. Again, never needed it. Um, hopefully, never will. <laughs> Nor have I. Um, I'm glad our listeners are learning. Hopefully, I never will. Our listeners are learning a lot about us this week. Um, so yeah. Anyway, enough of Viagra. We're back with Cruz and Bosco, not even old enough for it. Who are going off at Aaron uh, for playing them? Uh, Cruz yelling at Aaron about Blue Line Fever. Uh, I do like the fact when Aaron sort of stares at Bosco and Cruz like, don't look at him, he's on my team. And, and, and with that, you know, the whole, you could argue that because of that whole blue line fever, I mean, yeah, sure. Aaron played him and everything, but you can bet that they, that because of that alone, they were going to look for, they were going to look for any tiny thing to consider a, Oh, he forgot to say this. Oh, let's go off at him. Yeah. 
Yeah, which, I mean, kind of, yeah, it's obviously the way they sort of play that where they keep mentioning this book, I guess. Um, they meant, Cruz mentions that they're after the big fish, not the tadpoles. Uh, and this is where, uh, Noble, uh, essentially kind of lays down what will play out for the rest of the season in terms of hunting people. We're going to find someone called Willie G. Um, so we find out the animal who they busted a few weeks ago, uh, wasn't the big guy in charge. He was just somebody working for a bigger, a bigger group of people. We get kind of some little flashes here of how the drugs are imported. They're imported through Canada. Another Canada mentions. We're getting a lot this season. Um, and that they then sort of connect all the dots through horse trainers where they get the iodine. And then, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a weird background. I, I feel the way they kind of do this, it's going to be explored a lot more this season and kind of moving into next season. But it's the one thing I will say about this storyline, which kind of does annoy me is that. When we get to, particularly when we get into the first few episodes of season five, when we find out that there's even more to all of this, um, you know, with other agencies, I guess, being involved, which kind of, if you know what I'm talking about, it makes no sense right now as to why Cruz is being this way, why Noble is being this way, when allegedly all of this is kind of being looked at through another government agency. So, um, it's kind of weird, but I, I kind of wish they also explored it a little bit more. And, I mean, I see what they're doing. They're kind of going there for a little bit more of a bigger storyline. But, again, we're at the third last episode. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You, are you talking about the – are you talking about the – the? I'll just say this, the FBI being involved and stuff? Yeah, well, there's like a lot of people who I don't know that. But, yes, no, the FBI being involved because, like, we don't – necessarily like at what point are you watching this right now knowing like if knowing where this is going to go we don't get any like i don't know i just feel like it's kind of a tacked on storyline that we get when we get to season five about this trying to be a bigger thing than it is oh oh come on names and connections like that like what nobles mentioned you can bet there are other agencies on it though yeah well i'm not saying there isn't but i'm just saying in terms of it's hard to be able to fully explain without you know spoiling more than we have um, and when we yeah. get to that next season, that's when I will sort of be questioning a little bit more because, again, we're meant to be believing right now on the grand scheme of things that Cruz and Noble are involved with, quote, the FBI, even though, like, they're going out of their way to do what they're doing. And I just don't believe it. I think that that storyline was just added uh, last minute in season five as some way of adding a bit of a plot twist to what is going to be happening within the first few episodes of that season. Just my opinion. I just feel it doesn't work. Um, but, yeah, when we get to season five... At the moment. At the moment. There are definitely some things in season five that really skew away from the continuity of things in Third Watch. Uh, and there's nothing more so than in the very first episode of season five, which we'll really get to. That's, that's just one of my real annoyances about this show, which is going to be something which I'm going to say um, you would have never noticed because, uh, obviously, as our listeners okay. know, of your, uh, you know, you are blind, so you would not notice this visual aspect of it, which I will enlighten you on, which I hope that you will get as angry at me, at, not at me, with me, uh, at this show for one most <laughs> blindly terrible continuity errors, which is a mistake that even, you know, I tried not to avoid in my student film days, which I still did. But anyway, um, continuity <laughs> people in the space of six months on an episode that is taking part on the same day is not that hard to uh, follow. Anyway, we'll get to that. Alrighty. Well, yeah, I look forward to, I look forward to, to this and figuring out if it makes me, ju- and learning if it, well, finding out if it makes me just as angry as it, as it does you. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, you're fine. 
Um, but we, <laughs> <laughs> um, Noble has all the names and numbers of all these people involved in um, the trading, including Willie G uh, and everything, which should get. He says it should get him out. Um, Cruz puts him back in the Willie cage. G, Willie G. Now that's a now that's a that's a drug name. That's a drug Pookie name. is not a drug name. Sounds like a musician. Willie G is a drug name. Isn't that Kenny G? I'm thinking of. I was about to say sounds like a musician. Yeah, Ken, <laughs> Kenny G. Yes, a musician. Kenny, Kenny G's younger, dumber brother. Um, I don't. <laughs> weird line though from Cruz, where she's like, "Play me once, shame on you. Play me twice, shame on me." Like, you know, a bit of a cliche there, but cool. Go with it. Um, yeah. Then we get another dumb scene here. So Yoko <clears> shows up to. Eric's da- uh, Eric's parents' house, where she has it all out with em- Eric's mother, um, saying that you know while Emily and Eric are on the phone. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to that. So like she's yelling at um, her mother, going off at her, uh, saying that you know keep your son away from my daughter, and then essentially um, the mother's saying that they bought the drugs together, they found condom wrappers that Emily's calling up seven times a day. Uh, I'm sorry, I love Yokus, and I think she has every right here to go off at her mother. I actually believe Eric's mother here. <laughs> like, the fact that... So, you, do, so did I. You know Emily so calls I. him seven times a day. <laughs> like, she's a 14, 15-year-old girl who's got a senior boy after her. She's so dumb and naive that she thinks her mother's telling her one thing when she does the other. She's definitely doing it. But, yeah, as you said, we've got them on the phone to each other. Um, and kind of going back and forth. And yeah, it's the one thing it is never ever confirmed that these two are having sex. It's only ever implied, but it's never denied that they're having sex either. So here we are led to believe, and I'm just going to say it right now that they're doing each other. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not that that was never not the case yeah. with people of this age. Uh, and I say that having right. been at that age before. That's not discriminatory. We've been that age. We're allowed to say it. Um, but, mm-hmm. oh, it's just, again, it's just, I don't care. I don't care. Haven't we done this enough already? And it's not like, again, we're even going to be, you know, following up on this even more moving forward. Because I believe this is if Eric isn't it, thank God. We don't get him again after this episode, do we? We don't. I'm looking no, at I don't believe don't. so. so what, I don't believe so. What is the point of all of this? Just to show us that, again, Emily is still a pain in the ass. Like, I just don't understand any reason behind why any of this is still being included. Okay, they're trying to show that Yokus is having a bad time right now, and that will lead us up to what's going to happen in the final. But we, like, we can just have her having a bad time breaking up with Bosco. Like, the Emily stuff should have been done by now. We They're in therapy. Why do we need to keep dragging this out, Darbell? Help me here. I'm so angry with this. <laughs> Well, therapy is not the is not the end of all problems. No, well, okay, and you, it is you're right, but but like this goes it helps. This goes well, way it, it, back. It, it has the potential to help. This goes way back to Ladies' but, Day when I said that this here should have been the end of all this, you know, because like this is the epiphany that Emily has about a mother's job and everything along those lines, and then they screw it all over by putting her in a car and having drugs. Okay, then. So we've gone through that. She's woken up through a coma. She's gone through all the things with her parents, and then she's gone to therapy, and she's on the road to redemption. So why then bring Eric back into it to, again, spit all this out? This this would be like if they put Sully in a bar in this episode, and after everything that we had in Last Call, he's drinking again. Like... I get it. People relapse. I get it. People kind of don't always stay that way. But the difference is we've got a TV show here where they've got a world that they can create and they can create a happy ending and they can create something that necessarily doesn't happen in real life. For example, with Sully, what I just said, 
that a, a large portion of people who suffer from alcoholism may go through what Sully did, go through to a cabin and go through all of that to detox and might relapse, you know, a month later, 10 years later, 20 years later, or might never do it again. That's life. That's how it happens. The difference is yep. this is a TV show where people control what happens and therefore Sully never relapses. The point I'm trying to make here with Emily is we've gone up, down, up, down, up, down. She's bad, she's good, she's bad, she's good, she's bad, she's good. And it just keeps going round and round and round and round and round. And we're not going to go anywhere with this again next season because all of a sudden we know what's going to happen with Yokus and everything that has to deal around that. We're going to slightly revisit something in season six, but even then she's a bit more mature and she's able to deal with the situations, which I will commend her for. But this is just recycled and crap and I'm over it. (laughs) Well, then you'll breathe nicely after this episode is over. Yeah, well, I will. Um, Because I don't think we see Emily again for the rest of the season after this episode, do we? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I don't think we see her again until the premiere of season five. Oh, happy days, right? Uh, (laughs) Happy days. Um, And, and And we still aren't, and we, and I'll say this, we still aren't at the point where I'm no, I, exactly I, I'm assuming I know the point side. you're talking about. But, like, the thing I will say, though, is that she's... Emily is not as bad moving forward uh, as she is in season four. Like, uh, like season five, six, she's not as bad. Um, she has her moments, but I think they listen to me um, and stop running around the ringer, essentially. Um, she is in next week's episode, by the way. Um, oh. Yeah. So uh, I forgot about that. But that will be the last time that she will be in season four. Anyway, get off uh, your angry hate Emily, the haterade there, Ben. Um, we have Cruz and Bosco going through... All the notebooks, um, and essentially setting up this sting operation with Noble. They want Noble to wear a wire. Wait, how are they able to read the notebooks when Cruz, when Cruz deliberately dumped coffee? Yeah, that was my point from before. Like, I don't know. That's kind of just a quick little forgotten moment about there. Like, hey, let's dump a bunch of coffee on them, but hey, let's read them all. They're completely fine. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're setting up this thing operation. We kind of intersect here with Kim wanting to go back to Soho for the dress. He uses the sirens in rush hour traffic to get out there. Um, we find we find out that Noble's going to give $3,000 to buy meth off Willie G. And uh, essentially that's how they're going to catch him out um, all the way along there. Um, meanwhile, they're kind of um, setting all this up. Aaron goes inside. I do like how Cruz and Bosco comment on his parallel parking. Uh, Cruz is reading through the books, um, and she discovers it. There's a, well, Bosco discovers there's a section on her, and this obviously is going to play a key part moving forward uh, in terms of notebooks and what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Um, meanwhile, Aaron's inside, meets up with Willie G. They're wanting to know if they want to see Buford. This is the first time we hear the word Buford. Cruz is wondering who this oh, person is. Oh, pay attention to that name. Yes, indeed. Um, and then out of nowhere, whilst Noble is talking with Willie G, the connection goes out and they have to try and get this back. Meanwhile, we have Kim coming out of the, um, the dress place. I do love I'm the- go to a party! 
she's, <laughs> that's good impersonation. I do love the way she comes I, out there. And, I love that. And I love, the, I love the way she get there and she comes into the thing and she's like, they even threw in a sexy thong. <laughs> and then, and then talking about deodorant. I love Bosk, uh, crew, uh, I can't even remember who it is. Carlos's line when he says, I worked a double with you. You can get pretty ripe when it comes to putting on deodorant. <laughs> and just the look on Kim's face when he says that. Um, I mean, look, I just, well, go ahead. I mean, she, she asked, didn't she? Yeah. Didn't she say something? Didn't she ask something about deodorant? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I just think it's, it's, I'm just, this episode, as I said at the beginning, is kind of just an average episode. But I think kind of definitely what pushes it well above the Binnett category is that, you know, this storyline is just, it's well intersected and it's kind of fun. And I, I like seeing happy, excitable Kim because not only has Kim not had a storyline in a while, it's been a while since we've seen it like this. Um, maybe since, uh, you know, the whole, um, organizer, electronic organizer, um, storyline. Yeah, PDA, thank you. Oh, um, yeah. So, it's, and I like it. Like, Kim Raver is, you know, she's good when she's in anything, really, but like, she kind of has this great little charm and spark about her when she's happy and smiley and kind of, you know, energetic like this. So, uh, um, yeah. yeah, I like seeing her this way and even sort of balancing that off Carlos where, you know, he's obviously been a bit more reserved since he's hit the streets again, but, um, yeah, it's understandably so. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's fun. I like it. Um, very one, well balanced. One thing I'll quickly say, I just noticed here actually looking at the casting for this episode. Um, there are very few episodes in which, uh, Doc or Sully or Davis don't appear. Uh, and this is one of them where all three of them don't appear. Actually, Davis does have a brief appearance. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Doc, no Doc. No, uh, actually, what episode am I looking at here? Sorry, I'm going to go back to the right page, Ben, and say that Davis, Doc, Sully do not appear. I was looking at next episode. So, uh, I'd be interesting. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'd have to go through and research it all. How many episodes actually don't feature all three of them? Obviously, moving forward, when Doc eventually leaves, that's going to be probably a few more. But, I mean, Sully and Davis are, are pretty much in every single episode, almost, of this show. So... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting little thing to look at. I mean, obviously, people like Jimmy and uh, Alex are not going to be in this episode because we forget they're even characters, right? Uh, is Jimmy even in any more of this season? No. Which is, yeah, like, that's that's weird. Really weird. He's the whole... And he's... I don't get that. He's the whole reason the... Fi- Eddie Cibrian is the whole reason the firefighter element of the show was even created. Yeah. Which, in its own right, though, when we get to the finale, it is kind of good that they managed to have, I guess, a firefighter storyline without needing him. Like, as weird as that might sound. Um, because that way, at least... Oh, the, the season finale? Yeah, yeah, in The Price of Nobility. Okay. So, at least that way, we've kind yeah. of got... Um, you know, some actual interesting firefighter side characters that we can have there. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking here. He is not in any of this season, even in the final episode with that firefighter storyline. So anyway, that's just an interesting one. Um, let's close out this episode. We've got this sting happening. Um, they get their communication back. Aaron essentially starts doing drugs. Um, I guess to, uh, stay up to date there with Willie G. They, Cruz and Bosco say they'll have to erase this part of the tape in order to get the arrest. Uh, he makes a buy of $3,000. The cops rush in the building. 
Um, and they uh, get him. Uh, meanwhile, some guy pulls a gun out and gets shot outside the window. Uh, and then they've got their man, essentially. Noble has come through and done the job. Uh, meanwhile, Emily uh, is on the phone as Yokus comes home uh, and says no TV. <laughs> Emily turns the TV off. Typical snot-nosed teenager then puts on headphones. Give me the Walkman and the cell phone. It's actually a Discman, Yokus. Mm-hmm. Sorry to correct you there. Uh, <laughs> and then they have a massive fight. Emily says that you're to Yokus, you're just jealous that you care. Uh, somebody cares about me. Um, she doesn't want to talk about a sex life. She's saying you're too young to have a sex life. Um, going off there saying this isn't love. He just likes you because, I don't know, basically you put out. It <laughs> doesn't say that to the extent, but yes, that's essentially what she means. Uh, Emily um, says it's the meanest thing that she's ever been said. She then snaps back at Yokus and says, did you have an abortion? Um, because Yokus has basically said we need to have frank and honest communication. And Emily, I guess... And see, that, and see you have to admit, Emily does have a point there. <sighs> it's, look, yes and no. Um, yes, you're right. She has a point. Frank and honest communication should involve that part of Both things. Both sides. But at the same time, this... It's like if you implemented a new rule at work... Um, where, um, I don't know, every time you wore yellow underwear, you had to make a report. So you came into work, I'm wearing yellow underwear today. Okay, write it in the report. If previously before that rule came into place, you wore yellow underwear, that's like saying, okay, then for all the 58 days that you wore yellow underwear before this rule was in place, you need to go back and tell me. And you might not think of that all the times you did it. So essentially, Yokus is kind of saying right now, like, hey, Look, we need to sort this out. We need to have open and frank communication. But the whole line about the abortion, that happened, like, what, two years previously? So how many other things, then, does Yokus have to go back and tell it? Like, I, I get both sides of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So. Okay, and, the, and actually, okay, the scene... Okay, I was thinking of... Okay, I was really thinking of something in the next episode, then, because I thought it was in this episode. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, I mean... The I, one... Uh, go ahead. The one, the one where, and and we'll get to it. The one where um, Fred and Faith actually sit Emily down and they try to talk to this, and Faith basically is just in total. I mean, doesn't even want to have the talk 2.0 with her with with Emily because I mean she's just like. She's living in denial that her that her that her do- that her daughter that her daughter is sexually active, and she she would much rather pretend that she isn't than give her advice on how to be safe with it. Yeah, and look, I think that's we'll get to that next episode. I think the end of the day that's played well because any parent of a teenager, I'm sure, has to face this part in their children's life where they come to the day where they find out that their child is sexually active and, you know... And even when they find it out, they still try to pretend like they aren't. Yeah, and there's lots of reasons behind that. So, like, yeah, we'll get to that next episode. But I think the point here is that I think, look, Emily has a right... This is weird. Look at me slightly depending Emily. She has a right to play that card because... You know, again, let's be I honest. I would. I mean, we've all done that with <laughs> our parents. I'll be honest, I would. Yeah, well, I think we've all had those moments with our parents where we've had arguments... 
and we've found sort of some hypocritical things that they say. The end mm-hmm. of the day, though, again, there is a fine line between that sort of information. Because, I mean, yeah, it's... At the time Yoko's had the abortion, Emily wasn't Bonnie Dennison. <laughs> she was a, a nice little child <laughs> who didn't give a shit about this sort of things and end up with douche nozzles. No, uh, no, she... <laughs> No, she only she only wore a really revealing dress. Yes. Or whatever it was in season two. To which Bosco quoted she has nice legs, um, which, again, is one of the creepiest moments ever that <laughs> Bosco's ever had on this show. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, look, it is it is what it is, what we've got here. But, um, you know, one more episode this season to put up with Emily. Yep. Um, nice, nice little lo- uh, scene here uh, as... Um, Kim's about to go off to her date uh, where Carlos and Kim sort of, you know, have a little moment with each other where Kim thanks Carlos for everything and then Carlos thanks Kim. One thing I don't get about this bit, though, is when Carlos says, thanks, Kim, you know, I know you stood up for me uh, for this hearing. I'm like, yeah, she told you he she did. <laughs> Why is this new information? <laughs> um, so it's a bit maybe just Maybe just to remind us that, Maybe one last reminder of what happened, and yeah, possibly that Carlos really that Carlos actually does appreciate being a paramedic and that he's back on the job. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, who knows? It's, it's a nice little moment between these two. I have to say, it is. Um, it is. So, but meanwhile, back at the precinct, um, Aaron is there talking to Cruz. Cruz is commending Aaron for helping him out. Uh, Aaron saying, thank you, you're welcome, yep. Uh, then sort of they're talking about it being an adrenaline rush and everything, and then Cruz essentially questions Aaron about who's Buford. Um, and Aaron plays dumb, and this is where he realises he can't be let go for the evening because if he's let go, then everybody else is going to be coming after him and thinking that he was the one who uh, helped the cops come after him, which is a very valid point. So he's going to have to stay the night in jail with everybody else to make them believe that he also was arrested in the whole uh, situation. And, of course, um, this is where we get kind of intersected between Kim waiting at this award show, between Aaron being in jail and a sad moment there for for Kim because he's not going to show up. And this, of course, also... And that was... Go ahead. uh, And that 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 was done so well. I mean, between... You know, it cuts back and forth between... Aaron at the police station and Kim at the rest at the. It wasn't a restaurant, was it? Restaurant or bar or something? Or it's like it's like a. It's, it's, you don't see what it is. It's outside of like a some sort of function center where they're obviously having an, an award show. Okay, and this and of course, I mean the obligatory sad music. Yeah. And, and this, of course, it, is inter- it was just done so well. Yeah, and it's intersected, of course, at the end of the at the end of the episode where we've got um, Bosco bagging the notebooks, putting them in for evidence. He counts that there's only three, um, and he says to Cruz that one of the notebooks is missing. And to which Cruz is like, "Nope, there was only three. And Bosco's like, "No, there were four. And Cruz's like, "No, there were three. So this is where it's kind of like, "Ooh, <laughs> Cruz, what's she doing?" Um, oh, she, oh, I think, oh, we can, I think we can guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she obviously took the one that's about her. Well, and I only mention that now because I mean, it's not a major, major, major spoiler. So the thing that is interesting here is going sort of on our long winded defense of Cruz is they go out of their way at the end of this season to really make you dislike Cruz. And 
I think kind of for the, the general consensus is that people are already disliking her at this point. But like, I think one thing that I think is written well about this character is that they've written her in an aspect where she is this real kind of, you know, she's doing really bad things against our favorite characters now. And I think at this point, it's like, yes, hate this woman. She is bad. But one thing that I think works on the overall arc of Cruise here is I think her her path of redemption, I think, is done really well. And that, you know, they definitely move forward with her character in Season 5 with some great storylines, I think, with Cruise. And by the time we get to Season 6, when she's really sort of calmed down a lot more and is sort of, you know, a very much a good guy, you would almost argue... Um, even though she goes out of this show in a way that might be questionable. Um, I mean, I think she still has that rather rogue sense about her. Yeah, but I think... Even going forward. But I think it's still one of these moments where I'm hoping that people can kind of join us and, you know, still appreciate her for a character because if you're watching this the very first time you probably are absolutely hating her and i completely see that but for those who are maybe trying to rewatch this through us and still don't like her even knowing what happens with her i just think that this is an important kind of storyline for her when she's really at the baddest of bads that she is in these next three episodes uh and even moving into the next season but like just just remember this moment to where she ends up because i think it's kind of just interesting watching her I guess, be redeemed. And I just feel that so many people just were so far gone on her at this point that they were never able to redeem themselves on her. Um, but I think, I think it's just great. I think she's got so many layers, Cruz, and it's just, it's fascinating here now to see her at this really just absolutely terrible part of herself where she's really just doing everything. But at the end of the day, she's not really I mean, you would argue next week she's going to be doing some things which are very questionable. But, again, she's not exactly... It's not like she's a dirty cop. She's not Candyman. You know, she's she's doing bad things for what she perceives as the good reasons. So, and there's a fine line there, which is kind of the layered approach which they take. So, anyway, that is um, yeah. Incompetence. Um, I am going to jump in here and say, Darvell, that I am renting this episode. I think it is a average episode of Third Watch. Again, nothing so groundbreaking that puts this in the buy category, but it's not terrible enough to, to bin it. Um, and I currently have this sitting on my rankings, um, in the great position of, um, uh, if I can even find it on my list, uh, 77th right now. Uh, but that is out of 88 episodes. I've ranked all the episodes up to the end of season four. So, um, I will yeah. just, I'm going to, I'm going to rent, I'm renting this one as well. Okay. Just, yeah. uh, agree there. Sort of a bit of a, an average episode, so to speak. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too spectacular, but nothing that, nothing that makes me go, Oh, somebody just shoot me. <laughs> Except for whenever Emily's on the screen. Um, awesome. All right. Well, that means that next week, we will be back for the penultimate episode, closing in. Um, more about Cruz. Fitting and, title. More about Cruz and Bosco. We've got a little bit more of Cruz being a little bit uh, bending the rules esque, I guess. Uh, last bit of Emily uh, of this season. Yay! Um, and we meet. I got confused. I thought it was this week, but it's actually next week. We meet Sasha for the very first time. And if you have no idea who that is, let's just say that she will become a major character in this show moving forward in season five and season six. So our first yep, appearance and- of 
Munro, the amazing Nia Long. Uh, anything to say uh, about closing in? Fanta- fantastic, fantastic actress. Yes. Nia Long is, I mean. And I would say and maybe... Serious, seriously underrated, too. Yeah, and maybe the um, the biggest... How would I put this? In terms of main cast, maybe the most high-profile actor that they introduced later on. Um, because, I mean, Nia Long is a very prominent actress and she had been up to this point as well. So, um, yeah, out of all the main cast that are introduced at some point, probably the one who, at the time of being cast, was the most famous. I'm not talking about guest stars. I'm just talking about, like, a main character. So, yeah, Nia Long, she's in next week. Great to see her, and then we'll obviously move forward with her character a lot more moving forward. I just repeated myself, but whatever, I did it a lot. Uh, in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on all the relevant channels, leave us some feedback, and uh, keep listening, because we appreciate uh, you listening. That's... Um, very much so. Very much so. And, very uh, much so, yes. Feedback, again, would be totally nice. Um, anyway, my name is Ben, and if you snuggle up with me, I'll feel better. <laughs> My name is Darvell, and see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.